Welcome to the York Story Slam podcast, where we feature select stories from our monthly open mic storytelling events in York, Pennsylvania. On January 15th, 10 storytellers shared their stories with our audience at Holy Hound Tap Room in downtown York. Our theme for the evening was resolutions. We heard stories of people who inspire us to be better, what it takes to make a change, and why some resolutions are better left alone. In the end, our winner was Matt McDonnell, with his story about a tumultuous relationship with his college script writing instructor. So I put Mr. on there for a reason. Um, I am currently being called Mr. McDonnell on a daily basis because after a five-year trek, I am finishing my master's degree and doing student teaching at Kennerdale High School. It's been a long road, but I'm right where I need to be, and I'm absolutely loving it. Uh, we all had that teacher at some point in our lives who just absolutely inspired us with a love of their subject and made us believe we could do more than we ever thought we could and just gave us a passion. And this story is not about one of those teachers. Uh, this is about a very, very different teacher. I was at Towson University and I was very excited to have signed up for a creative playwriting class. And even better, I was taking the class with my girlfriend at the time. So I had a good friend in the class and we went into the class and the first day of class, the teacher who was a uh, master's degree student at that time gave us the outline of exactly how we were supposed to creatively write a play. Point by point by point, exactly what he expected was a complete outline, which I'm a pretty easygoing person. I was like, well, that wasn't what I expected, but I'll roll with the punches. My girlfriend, however, is a, at this point a passionate warrior who refuses to accept this and got into at least a 15-minute argument with the teacher on that first day about how that's not encouraging our creativity in playwriting. And at one point, she says to him, now wait just a minute. And you hear this growl come out of him. He says, no, you wait just a minute. And he slams his fist down on the desk. And the entire classroom just goes silent. Because we all knew he'd crossed a line that he shouldn't have crossed. But that set the tone for the rest of the semester between my girlfriend and the teacher. They were constantly at odds, fighting with each other, just this acerbic relationship between the two of them. Now fast forward, and we're coming up on the final exam. The creative playwriting class does not actually have a final exam where we would sit down and take a test. The final exam was we had to turn in our play that we had written. And he was very adamant and had told us from day one in the syllabus that it had to be turned in by the starting time of the official exam. And if it was not turned in, we would receive a zero for the class. You would erase everything else in the grade book. You flunked the class. You'd have to retake it if you wanted to, but you were going to flunk. So it's the day before that exam, and I have completed my play. It's printed out. It's nicely bound. It's ready to go, and I'm relaxing because all of my other exams are done, and I have just purchased a brand new video game that I was very excited about. It was called Unreal. Uh, kids today would probably laugh at the graphics, but uh, I tried to play the game. I couldn't because my computer couldn't handle the resolution that was necessary on my monitor. So I had to go and buy a new video card, and I bought a video card, and I came it back, and I'm taking apart the computer, and my girlfriend says, Matt, you can't take apart the computer. I haven't printed out my paper yet. I need to print it out first. 
And I said, don't worry about it. I've done this a million times. I've built like 10 computers. I've swapped out video cards tons of times. If there's any problem, I just put the old one back in. Don't worry about it. So I take apart the computer, and I put in the new video card, I put it all back together, and I power it up, and there's nothing shows up on the monitor. So I'm like, think, well, shit, okay. Not a big deal, not a big deal. So I take the computer apart, I put the old video card back in, I put it back together, and I turn on the power, and there is nothing on the monitor. So I go and get another old video card, and I put it in, there's still nothing on the monitor, and at this point, it's about midnight. And my girlfriend's just standing behind me with like flames in her eyes and there's smoke coming out of her head. So I finally come up with a plan. So the next day we show up about 10 minutes early to have a conversation with the teacher. And even though I had my report printed out, I told him that I did not. I told him everything that had happened and explain that we couldn't print these because we couldn't get the computer to run. The, the class was very early in the morning. There was no time to run out someplace and figure something else out. So we handed him the hard drive from the computer. Because we were giving him the plays. They were there. We'd help him get them off. We had them done. And my hope was that because it wasn't just my girlfriend whom he hated, it was also me who had somehow salvaged a good relationship that he'd take it easy on both of us because he didn't want to fail two students over this. And he looked at us, and the good news is he let us submit our papers with a slight downgrade on the grade, and my girlfriend eventually became my wife. And if that, you know, if it had gone another way, I don't know what that would have done to our relationship. Who knows? And I will let you wonder as to whether or not I had actually brought the paper copy of my report as a backup for that day. <laughs> Who knows? Matt earned a spot in our Grand Slam in November. Next up, we have a story from Kat Brown, who told us of her ambitious New Year's Eve efforts to purge negative things from her life. Okay. All right, so my story's not nearly as depressing as the first three or four that you've heard. <laughs> Sorry to say, but <clears throat> this, the theme is resolutions and New Year's Eve, uh, my friend and I decided that we're going to purge some stuff. So we came up with this plan that everything that's negative in our life, we decided we were going to burn. So... She took some time to, to get her list together. I took some time to get my list together. Pictures, resolutions on slips of paper, um, stuffed animals, uh, anything that was negative in our life, we decided to purge. So New Year's Eve, I get, I take us, well, we knew we couldn't just start a fire in the middle of nowhere. So I took a saucepan from my house I went into work, and I knew we had had uh, lunches and stuff in there, so I knew there was sterno. Now, did I know at the time that sterno really isn't good for paper and stuff? But I got four cans of sterno. I put, uh, so we get, we get in the car, and we, we practiced the night before as to what we were going to say, because we were going to say this 
verse of how we were going to purge all these people. And, um, you know, so we rehearsed all that, get in the car. And it's, if you remember, New Year's Eve, it was pouring down rain. So my friend and I also had decided that let's take our witch's hats just in case. So we, we take the witch's hats and it's pouring down rain. She's, I'm not saying who, someone that was with me was in a raincoat. I was in a raincoat. So we drive to the river. So we go to the river and, and if you're familiar with it, I, I, we went past Long Level Marina, back this long road that we assumed no one would ever, ever be on. So pouring down rain, <laughs> we get out, we find this spot. So we get out, I get my little saucepan out, I get several cans of Sterno out because again, not thinking, couldn't remember or figure out how to open the cans of Sterno. So she, this person gets a pair of scissors out of the back and so we're prying the lids of the Sterno up. And so I put, I put the Sterno can in the saucepan and I, bought, I brought a big stick lighter. So I have that. So we get out pouring rain, of course. I'm trying to light the Sterno can as it's raining. And so I, I do get a little bit of a flame, but unfortunately, Sterno and paper don't mix along with the rain. So anyhow, we say our, we say our little verses that we need to say, and I had already prepared this whole long list of things I was going to do better in 2019. Like one was going to be nicer to my husband. I'm, gonna, I'm going to quit my fucking swearing so much. And um, I'm uh, going gonna, gonna to quit waiting on people to make a decision because my husband sometimes says to me, oh my God, you're 60. You're going to die soon. I don't understand why you're acting like this. So I'm, I'm living, I'm very spontaneous. I'm going to live in the moment. So I wrote that down and I put, I burnt that or I tried to burn it. And then I took some pictures of people that are negative in my life and I put them in the fire and I burnt their pictures. As I said, a little chant, <laughs> chant thing. So I did that. So again, pouring down rain, all right, things aren't burning. My sterno can keeps going out and, and. So, so we have this, this object that my friend says a little thing, throws it in the river, and we stand there and we watch. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's a floater. It's floating. It's floating. It's not sinking. So we, we watch, and it, we just watch it go down the river have no idea. It could have went three feet and got hooked on a branch. I have no idea. We don't care. So, so I finished all my stuff. We said our little thing and got in the car. We brought some wine. We drank two glasses of wine. We toasted to 2019 and said, you know, all the negativity is gone. We're going to have a great year. We're going to do 19 new things in 2019. And this is our very first one. So, uh, very happy. The only thing 
that I found in my pocket I forgot to burn was I wanted to burn my old Weight Watchers journal. <laughs> and I forgot. So on, the way, so on the way back from the river, we found a porta potty. So I jump out, go in the porta potty, and of course, I'm, she's in, well, this person is in the car waiting for me. And so the porta potty's kind of rocking back and forth. She thinks I'm, she thinks I'm stuck or something. So I'm, what I'm doing, I'm ripping up the Weight Watcher journal. And of course, you know what happens when you put that in the porta potty? That now becomes a floater. So that was, that, was our, that was our New Year's Eve, and we're very, very happy, and all the negativity is gone from our lives. Our final story on this month's podcast comes from Kate Harmon. Kate shared her recent experiences with being present and supporting those she loves. Well, my new resolution just happened. It was to prove Philip wrong, which I did. So I'd like to continue that in 2019. Sorry, but that's not my story. Um, so last Saturday, um, as many of you here in York, um, and Philip hinted at, or didn't hint, but said, um, we, we had received the news that we lost one of York's uh, greatest. Um, Doug Knight passed away on Friday, and I, for the first time in a very long time, uh, was not on social media Saturday morning. So by the time I caught wind of what was happening, uh, I was four hours behind in the grieving process. Um, everybody said, uh, let me know when you catch up to the rest of us. Um, I spent a lot of time crying um, and reading, standing at my desk reading a, a note card that was taped on my mirror. That was the challenge that I gave myself when I was in the Leadership York training program uh, to be the mentor that I always wished that I had to support others the way that I wish I had been supported along the way, and just to be what Doug was, a cheerleader for all. That grief was kind um, it, it got worse because I realized we could not be here for the funeral. Um, we had already, were leaving for Florida uh, to watch my sister and Matthew run the Disney Half Marathon for the Michael J. Fox Foundation. Um, we raise money for the foundation. My father has Parkinson's. Um, and it was something we knew we couldn't back out of. So when uh, Philip reached out and asked if I wanted to come be a part of the planning, I, of course, said yes. It was a way, like he said, for those of us who are good at a few things uh, to be focused and uh, driven towards a cause instead of wallowing in your grief. So a couple days later, I met with Corey and all of them and she said to me at one point she asked me to do something for her on saturday and i had intended to not tell her we couldn't be there i was just going to kind of let her get uh, wrapped up in the day um, and then apologize later and i had to tell her we wouldn't be there and she she turned to me and she said you're exactly where dk would want you to be he'd want you to be in florida he'd want you to be cheering uh, do not feel bad for this at all so still with a heavy heart we went to florida um, with a heavier heart, I woke up at about 4 o'clock in the morning on Saturday uh, to get dressed. I know, Matthew, you got up earlier. I get it. You were running. Um, to take a couple monorails, which he did not get to ride, so haha, -ha, um, and make our way to several parts of the park to watch the half marathon. Uh, my family does not run. Uh, my sister definitely doesn't run, and Matthew probably wouldn't run unless there was something weird he was getting out of it. Um, but he said that he would run with my sister, who was motivated by a friend of mine with early onset who competed in American Ninja Warrior. 
So she went on that course and he said he'd go. So there they were and uh, we saw them at mile three. They were not together. Um, I told him to run faster to catch up with her or else. Um, we saw them at mile seven and uh, my sister was looking really, really rough. And it was at that moment where I realized she might not be able to do this. And the next couple of miles were really treacherous, um, not just for Matthew and Emily as they were out there, um, but I was getting texts from him saying, I don't know if she's gonna be able to do this. What am I supposed to do if she gets pulled off the course? Do I go with her? Do I stay? I told him it was a lose-lose situation. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> you're on your own. Ask her. Um, and my family literally sat there stressing for miles and miles. My father was pacing the way that if you've met my father, you know he does. Um, and we just were so concerned that this was gonna break her spirit. Um, and that night she was supposed to give the speech at the Team Fox dinner. And I said, Jesus, she's not gonna be able to give the speech if she can't do this. She's gonna feel like she left it, let everyone down. But around mile 10 or 11, uh, we found out that if they got to us at mile 12, they'd be fine. If they beat these women, they're the balloon ladies, they're the devil. They'd chase you at a 16 minute mile and if they pass you, you get pulled off the course. So to my sister's knowledge, I, I guess she didn't really realize how close they were, but Matthew knew. And uh, right before mile 12, we were literally at that mile. I'm texting them both and I'm saying, you are so close, you are so close. Please just keep coming. Like, coming up with all these options that we can do if she gets there and she collapses, I could put her bib on, I could pretend to run, I could pretend to be her, you know, whatever. We'll, we'll make it happen if you could get to me at mile 12. And I'm saying, you're so close. She's like, I don't think we're that close. And I'm like, can you hear me? And she's like, what? And I literally, uh, anybody who knows me can picture this, but I'm gonna do it anyway, shaking two cowbells like this, screaming at the top of my lungs, Emily. And she's like, Jesus Christ, I can hear you. And... <laughs> So they knew, they knew that they were almost there. And when they got to us, um, I, th I have a picture where Emily and Matthew are looking at each other, rolling their eyes, and then looking back at me in this whole sequence because they're like, Jesus, she is, it's Kate being Kate. Um, and in that moment, I knew that is exactly where I was supposed to be because we have lost one of York's biggest cheerleaders. Uh, many of us in this room can stand to that sentiment. And that is what we need to aspire to be and aspire to do. So find those moments where you can be that cheerleader and lift other people up because that's all we've got. All the winners from this year's Open Mic Story Slam events will return to compete for the title of Best Storyteller in York. Tickets for our events are available on our website, yorkstoryslam.com. While you're there, you can sign up for our monthly newsletter. Please also follow us on Twitter our handle is at York Story Slam. We also have a Facebook page that you can like, and you can watch videos of all the stories from our events on our YouTube channel. We hope to see you on stage soon. Thanks for listening. This Story Slam podcast is produced by Carla Wilson of Wilson Media Services. Theme music composed and performed by David Wilson. You can learn more at wilsonmediaservices.com.